Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Craig Ravel and Tony Whitlock, and we've got Matt Stone, just fresh back from overseas, are you Matt? Yeah, yeah, I had um, a quick quick duck away for a couple of days, um, and now back into it, ready to head down to the AGP. Well, I'm sure it'll be another big weekend for you, because you've got another debutant. You had one who did a terrific job over in Adelaide, in Zane Goddard. Uh, not quite an experienced runner, but Jack Gary Jacobson, who uh, has been in for a number of years. He was in your other car. And now this weekend, you've got Jake, Jake Kostecki. Yeah, look, we're very excited to um, do our first round with, uh, with Jake this weekend. Um, obviously, we've had him in for a few test days, both he and Zane, and um, you know, we see a lot of confidence in both those two boys. So, yeah, we're pretty happy to go to the AGP with uh, Jake. Um, will be a, a challenging, challenging debut for him because it is a very technical circuit, and uh, the nature of the qualifying sessions there mean it, you know, it's, it's a one-lap dash. So, look, it's going to be very, uh, like I said, tough debut for him, but, you know, we've got every faith in him to do the job. Now, obviously, uh, you know, it's a very different scene this year because uh, the single-car teams, like yourself and Triple Eight have been, and uh, Kelly's have been a four-car, they've gone down to two. But the model is now either four cars or two, that's it. Um, yeah, look, and, and to be honest, the model, the model is two cars, there's just a couple of people running model. It's obviously a different uh, road though when you've got uh, two young young men and you introduced this category, this light uh, supercar category um, in a shared drive. Um, it's obviously a steep learning curve for your team as well as uh, for those two drivers. Yeah, look, I mean, it is and it isn't. Um, I mean, it's good because having, you know, the young, the young guys in there debuting, um, you know, the pressure's off for them. That's the whole point of it. Um, but also... You know, a little bit for for the team because we're we're, we're growing with the drivers and um, you know obviously putting on the the, the results that we need to. Um, and also, you know, the, the key having with that, the key to our relationship with Triple um, Eight means that although we're running a fairly green um, driver pairing across both our cars, uh, we have the alliance of the technical support with Triple Eight, which gets us, you know shared data and information from two very successful drivers at a very successful team, which, you know, helps us to grow our young guys quicker and, um, you know, make sure that we're uh, getting all the tools we need to, to get them up to speed. Matt, I'm fascinated with the reason why the two-car model in supercars is the only model that works or the, the best model that works. Why don't the four, the three, the one-car models work at all in supercars look um to be as, as silly as it may sound going to a two-car model from our point of view was actually a cost-saving measure um because by a single car team is workable but there's certain things that when you go from one car to two you don't you don't double up in trucks and you don't double up in workshops and there's a lot of equipment that you do get uh amortized better over two cars um, and the transport is probably the big one because, you know, the, the one of the heaviest costs we have is logistics. Um, you know, we're, we're traveling a large crew of people around the, the country and obviously the equipment and everything in the truck and uh, going from one car to two 
it's still just one truck. Um, the crew goes up, but it's uh, you know you've still only got one one team manager. You still only got one crew chief across two cars. So there is certainly a, a level where it's not it's not double by running two, and you actually uh, amortise some of the some of the costs over two different um, two different entries. So uh, that's for me why the two car model works. I can see other other people probably coming to the same assessment um, from a racing point of view. You control your own destiny. You've got your own pit crew, so you're not partnering out with someone else. You're not relying on someone else. Um, you can go for the team championship in your own uh, two entries and try and you know set your own place in pit lane. Whereas as a, as a single car team, you've got to partner up with another single entry, and that determines where you are in pit lane. So there's definitely a lot of things that make the two car model, in my opinion, the right model. Um, and then, you know, the third car is essentially just another single car. So you sort of go back to all the same same drawbacks of being a single car team. Uh, and then, you know, a four-car team is just two two-car teams, really. So that, that's why that one also makes sense. But, um, but yeah, no, definitely for us, two is the right number. Well, this year, Matt, uh, we see that you don't have to pay for tyres anymore, is my understanding of the new deal. Is that a considerable saving? Uh, look, it's... Yeah, it, it depends on how you look at it. Like we, um, we, what, what we pay the same for tires as we always have, but we get a hell of a lot more. So it's a much better, um, much better system where you know for the fans you see a lot more green tire racing. You don't have you don't have teams showing up in practice one and practice two and not putting on good tires because they don't want to waste their allocation. Um, you know what, what we what we got is we got a much larger tire uh, allocation and you know the extra cost of that allocation was sponsored by Dunlop which was you know, fantastic on their part for the teams um, which to me means much better it, it means much better racing um, much better uh, you know tire quality that and, and you know better for the fans because you always know what everyone's on um, and it came at no extra cost and by not having the recycling of used tires where you know we do a lot of work in Taking them back to the workshop, stripping them, mounting them, assessing them, and then reusing them. Yeah, you know, we, we've saved quite a large labour content in, in that, that that aspect. So you know, definitely, it's, I think it's been a huge win where it's a big, uh, a bit of a cost saving for the teams and a, and a much much better improvement in the, the quality of the racing. The biggest change that happened this year, I mean, obviously there was an aero adjustment to uh, both Commodore and uh, Mustang, but the biggest change this year was going to a, uh, a control shock. Um, now, that that's obviously had implications not only for the way in which you work, but is it possible that uh, it's had more than that in, in evening out the playing field, so to speak? Look, I mean, I'm sure it will have, like anything, because it came in new and everyone was, had access to the same information, um, you know, the teams would probably have more resources at their disposal and bigger uh, development budget didn't physically have the time to go and evaluate the damper. So when, when everyone rolls out at Adelaide with the exact same package, uh, we've all done the same amount of homework regardless of our the size of our team. So that, that in itself is a bit of an equaliser. Um, and then there's the fact that even if, a team were to do an extensive amount of development and understanding the damper, they can't actually change it. So the the principle behind it in the performance um, equalising point of view, I think it, it it should be it should be very successful long term. And you know, I think yeah, per, perhaps probably 
had a bit to do with equalising everyone at Adelaide. Um, but, you know, like there will be, as, as we all play around with the damper, people will figure things out about it. And, you know, someone will have a better a better understanding and get it right on different days. And, you know, that, that's part of the, the package of what we do going racing. Were you using Super Shocks before you uh, started this season? Uh, oh, look, I have used Super Shocks uh, early, early, early days in, back in 2012. We played around with them in Super 2. Uh, and then we were running them in the start of 2018 uh, unsuccessfully, and then we then we had been steered clear of them since then. But obviously now, everyone going back to them, they're uh, um, yeah, it's the same for everyone. So for better or worse, it's uh, it's definitely equal. Shane Van Gisbergen was talking about them on another podcast, saying that he thought they were having trouble with reliability. Did you, because you're in a triple eight uh, chassis, did you guys have any problems with how they handled the, the bumps? Look, I think um, certainly uh, there was a lot of bits and pieces being done over the course of the weekend. And, you know, certain, certainly some, quite a few dampers went, went back for, um, you know, a bit of a review and some updated parts after the weekend. Uh, but I don't, I don't know that there was, much in the way of failures, in a sense. Um, there was certainly, I'd say, some some teething issues with something uh, rolled out in such a scale. Um, and you know, obviously, they're, they're quite different to the the damper that a lot of us have been running. So, you know, I think you know, teams are experiencing some other components that are fatiguing because of the damper works. It's a, such a, I guess, stiffer or di- different loaded to what we're used to. So. Look, I mean, I, I would say, like anything, you're going to have teething issues. Um, you know, they they did the job. Uh, so, yeah, we we didn't have any major issues. Um, nothing that wasn't wasn't fixable. You've had um, Gary Jacobson now on board, and uh, you would have already seen him. He's been around the series for a number of years, both Super Two and the main game. Um, I, I would think that he's sort of cherry ripe to make some pretty big jumps. Uh, would you think in performance? Yeah, look, we, we obviously, um, you know, we, we picked Gary because knowing that we we're going to have a dedicated rookie car entry with our Superlight program, we wanted our other entries to be able to really drive forward. And, you know, last year we, we as a team uh, got some good results in the top 10 and made a few shootouts. And it was certainly our intention with Gary to push forward that, that, same um, direction this year and that was the target that we set um, look we, we did a lot of preparation for the season and Gary did fantastic uh, in terms of fitness and going overseas and doing um, a Rob Wilson driver training thing like he was certainly putting in uh, a lot of effort we all were to make sure that we were 100% prepared um, but unfortunately out of all of our control uh, Gary got struck down with a bit of a um, medical issue at the pre-season test at Taylor Band, which he's uh, still battling. Um, so, look, at the moment, we're, we're focusing on making sure that Gary's 100% so that we can push for the results we want. Um, and, you know, maybe this first start of the season might, might be a little bit of a, a little bit of a not ideal situation, despite our best efforts to be prepared and Gary's best efforts to be prepared. Um, yeah, that, that that's going to put a few hurdles to us, but we, um, you know, we're just going to manage as best we can, and and uh, yeah, make sure we come back fighting stronger every weekend. 
you've been managing quite a large team through different categories for some years now, um, and obviously you're with a father who's very experienced around motor racing. I've seen it in my near 70 years that one of the fascinating things that happens is when you see young people trying to help other young people, the process of teaching somebody else can do an enormous and have an enormous impact on somebody. And I would think with Gary's opportunity with both Jake and Zane, he can actually grow a fair bit through that process. I think you'd be watching that. Yeah, look, and I've got to say, um, we're very happy with all three of our picks this year because, as, as you can imagine, um, particularly in that super light car, you know, you, you, you're, the old saying is the first person you've got to beat is your teammate. So, you know, it's very important for us that we're all working together because if you've got teammates that are fighting each other, you can't move forward as a team. Um, and I, I'd like to say that we're very happy with the three guys we've got because, you know, the two two young guys, although they're, although they're not that much younger than Gary, they certainly um, are, are using him uh, as a, you know, a, a slightly more experienced here in terms of what to expect. And, and, you know, and he's not looking at them as a couple of young guys in a way. He's generally looking at them as teammates. And, yeah, you know, they're all just working together really well. Um, so uh, we're, we're very happy with that vibe and that's certainly our intention to keep that momentum moving forward because yeah, you got to work together within the team, otherwise you never move forward. Indeed. Um, has there been any last-minute changes to any of the sort of scheduling for you guys, the park-up, any of those sort of things? Uh, for the AGP, you mean? Yes. Uh, no, at this stage, we're, um, we're business as usual. Uh, there'll, there'll always be a few little minor tweaks um, with the nature of us being uh, not the headlining act at that event, sometimes some of our promotional activities and whatnot get moved around. And I imagine with the Formula One paddock in a bit of a disarray, uh, a lot of their their movements and the changes to their schedule will dictate our changes. Um, but at this stage, we are we're business as usual um, in terms of the the uh, coronavirus uh, situation, which you know I don't. I don't I don't see it uh, being that that big of a deal uh, in terms of domestically, but obviously the international factor is a huge concern that um, Formula One are taking quite seriously. So yeah, we'll just we'll just do our best endeavours um, to ensure that we take all our precautions and and uh, and make sure we follow any directions given to us by supercars and the event. Well, thanks, Matt Stone of MSR. We uh, greatly appreciate you spending time with us. I look forward to personally catching up with you at the Grand Prix. I'll be there for the four days and look forward to seeing uh, your two young chargers on track and see their development through the weekend. So, again, thanks for joining us, Matt Stone on Inside Supercars. No worries. I'll uh, yeah see you later this week. Indeed we will. And that's it for Inside Supercars. We'll catch up with you on tomorrow's show. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.